the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Source for business and investing news. This is the Biz 1440. KYCR Golden Valley, Minneapolis, St. Paul. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. The mayor of New York is confirming the FBI has seized items from him as part of the campaign fundraising investigation. More details from Ed Donahue. An attorney for Eric Adams says the FBI approached the mayor after an event earlier this week and immediately complied with the request to turn over electronics, phones, and an iPad. Boyd Johnson says Adams has not been accused of any wrongdoing and continues to cooperate with the investigation. The focus of the investigation hasn't been publicly disclosed by prosecutors. That is correspondent Ed Donahue. Former U.S. Senator Jim Talent says it's easy to see why some Democrats want to replace Joe Biden as their presidential nominee. He's clearly impaired. Former Senator Jim Talent was interviewed this week by the Salem Radio Network. He says many Democrats also know that Biden's policies have caused a lot of harm for American families. This is SRN News. Are you or a loved one struggling with drug or alcohol use? Maybe you're not sure if it's addiction or if treatment's needed. If so, you're not alone. According to the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, 19.3 million people aged 18 or older had a substance use disorder in the past year. Hazelden Betty Ford offers a free confidential assessment. Inpatient, outpatient, and virtual options are available. It's time to take back your life. Hazelden Betty Ford can help. This message sponsored by Hazelden Betty Ford, the Minnesota Broadcasters Association, and the state. Tune in to this week's Money Matters with Al and Mike as they'll be discussing an often overlooked piece of the puzzle, asset location. Making certain your investments and portfolio strategies are in the right accounts means more money in your pocket and your accounts. Al and Mike will tell you how to put the pieces to your puzzle together with solutions and strategies. So make sure you listen to Money Matters with Al and Mike, 2 p.m. Sunday on the Biz 1440 or call them at 855-231-6010. Do you own a timeshare? Well, face the facts. You made a mistake. You made a bad purchase. A timeshare is not an investment. It's a money pit that continues forever. If you use your timeshare, that's great. But if you don't and you want to legally get out of your contract, call my friends right now at the Timeshare Exit Hotline. They're an experienced team of lawyers who help good people like you get out of a timeshare contract that they just don't want. Don't throw away your money on maintenance fees. Use it for things you really want. We can help you end your timeshare contract and stop the money drain immediately. If you are ready to move on with your timeshare, call our team right now. Cancel your timeshare now with a free call. 800-890-5957. That's 800-890-5957. Portions of the following program may have been pre-recorded. No! Come on, rise and shine. It's a beautiful day, isn't it? It's going to be a great year. Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. 
The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. Is it safe? It's the King Banyan Show. This is a man. Your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. The mind is a globe whirling transient nodes of thought. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. Second hour today, Veterans Day. Thank you to all veterans. Uh, we we thank and honor your service. Um, I was keeping track of a couple of my old classmates from uh, from high school who uh, both uh, served uh, in the Marines, and uh, one another one who I haven't heard from for a bit. Um, I haven't seen anything from him for a while, but uh, a now retired uh, two-star general. Um, who uh, who went to West Point uh, from from my high school? Uh, anyway, six five one two eight nine four four seven seven number to call with questions, comments, concerns. Uh, in the last hour, uh, at the end of the last hour, particularly, we were looking at consumer expectations. Uh, the report from the University of Michigan on Friday, coming with data that indicated a, a significant drop which is confounding people because people still want to believe the economy is doing great. And I think the problem is that it's part of this problem. And I'm going to tie my next, my next segment of my thoughts today to the, to the previous one in this way. In most forecasting, you tend to put more weight on the most recent observations of your, of whatever it is you're studying. Newer information is given more weight than older information is sort of a standard way of saying that. And the question, and a lot of, a lot of analysis goes into, the, into trying to figure out how much weight do you give this versus that, and there are different ways to do that. Um, one way in which you think about doing forecasting of an economy is to look for similar patterns in the past and asking in the past when we saw this pattern what happened next that's probably a pretty good guess for what's going to happen again this time so when when paul krugman talked about you know we had some of these very similar things happen back in uh back at the end of world war ii or the korean war with supply chain disruptions we had reason to believe that this is what was happening and we thought they would self-correct that they would be there but we they we didn't let them self-correct because we didn't want to go through massive deflation in some other markets that would have caused caused high unemployment in those places where we kept prices down in order to have the average price level not rise or only rise by two percent in other words, we accommodated, in the language of economics, we accommodated a supply shock with easy, with easy monetary policy. Um, and back in 2021, there were a lot of people that believed that. And you will remember them because we refer to them as team transitory. Right? This, this too shall pass. These supply chain disruptions will will end fairly quickly and we will now have a different 
we and when we get to the other side of that, we'll be glad we didn't damage or scar the parts of the economy that would have been would have had to go through the deflation in order to hit our our two percent target or our zero percent target for those of us that still think price stability actually means stability it actually means zero um but be that as it may i look i would i prefer to have have a target of zero i actually prefer a target that sort of says you can have some flexibility anything between minus one and plus one is fine i don't like minus two to plus two i think those are very different worlds but when you tell a when you tell a democratic government that it could have it can have up to two percent inflation it's going to go right to that line every chance it can because even a two percent inflation generate some revenues that the government can use to finance its desire to spend. And it has a bias toward additional spending. Okay, that's my worldview in a nutshell. Um, Okay, and I do believe, you know, people say, oh, come on, King, there's only so much. I said, if a government's able to find an extra $50 billion of revenue, even if it turns out it's in an economy that has twenty billion, twenty trillion dollars of economic activity, fifty billion is still fifty billion. They'll want to spend it. They're not going to be like, "Ah, eh, no, we don't need that right now. You just hold on to that." Said no government ever. So, I believed that the two that so that's my two percent story. So let me let me get back to my main point. On Thursday, um, Jay Powell went to the IMF to be part of a panel with a group of other uh, a group of other central bankers to discuss um, sort of lessons of the post-pandemic period. Now he made news. I'm just going to play the part that made news. I'm, but I actually want to talk about the uh, some of the speech. And I didn't ask. I didn't. I thought about asking. Um, uh, uh, Spencer to grab a whole lot of this speech. And I said, now nah, we just did the FOMC meeting last week. I can't spend two weeks in a row with several Jay Powell clips. So I only have, I only have this one, which uh, is, uh, which is this. He said this and it actually caused some concern in markets on Thursday. Let's play cut number five. That remains to be seen. And we are attentive to the risk that stronger growth could undermine further progress in restoring balance to the labor market and in bringing inflation down, which could warrant a response from monetary policy. The FOMC is committed to achieving a stance of monetary policy that is sufficiently restrictive to bring inflation down to 2% over time. We are not confident that we've achieved such a stance. We know that ongoing progress toward our 2% goal is not assured. Inflation has given us a few head fakes along the way. So, and he talks in the later speech about those head fakes. And it's a pretty apparent to me that the head fakes may be more, influ- more influential of what, uh, of what the Fed is thinking than I, had, than I had previously believed. That it's basically a case of once bitten, twice shy. Or, you might want to say, a complete and utter overreaction to what happened. To give you a sense of that... Um, as you know, uh, Jim Bullard has left the St. Louis Federal Reserve. They're currently with an interim president. Her name is uh, Kathleen O'Neill Pacey. 
Um, she's the interim president of the St. Louis Fed. She was on a panel down in – or no, she wasn't a panel. It was a lunch talk um, in uh, Indiana, and uh, in southern Indiana, and she had – uh, comments that sounded very similar to these opening comments uh, at the IMF that were made on the same day by Jay Powell. Let's play this. This is cut three. At the meeting, I expressed support for both aspects of that decision. That is, for maintaining the target for the federal funds rate and for retaining the option for further firming, if necessary, for restoring price stability. With current policy exerting modest downward pressure on inflation, given the balance of risks, we can afford to await further data before concluding that additional policy tightening is appropriate. However, if progress towards achieving 2% inflation stalls, I believe the committee should act promptly to ensure that inflation does not become entrenched. So where does this come from? Is what I'm thinking to myself. So, so uh, O'Neill, Pacey, uh, and Powell both say on the same day, um, about a thousand miles apart from each other. Um, both say, "Hey, we want to have this option of keeping uh, of having one more rate increase, firmer than what he had actually said at the press conference a week ago Wednesday." At the press conference, he was like, we could be done, we might be done, might not be done. We still, we just think we get to wait and look at some more data, and that's fine. But, but in both those, those comments, you can hear them say, we are retaining our option to raise rates again. Why? Why did they do that? And I think later in the speech, and this is the part I didn't have Spencer pull because I didn't I didn't want it I didn't want to have you listen to a lot more Powell. But he talks through, spends a lot of time talking not about 2020 but about 2021, the period in which many of us, if you go back and to TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com, go back and listen to my show from the spring and summers of 2021. They're in there. You can go back and hear me say, what are you waiting for? Raise rates, raise rates, raise rates. And they were saying no, and they were watching core PCE and said they don't think it's there. So I'm going to read, I'm going to read, and then, it, and then in a, I'm going to read some of this, and then right after I do this, we're going to take a break, and I'm going to go, I'm actually going to uh, copy a slide from his presentation and post it to you using the hashtag pound KBRS. Um, after running below our 2% target over the first year of the pandemic, core PCE inflation rose sharply in March of 2021. Economic forecasters generally did not see this coming, as shown by the, the February 2021 survey of professional forecasters, which showed core PCE inflation running at or below target for the subsequent three years. The real-time questions for policymakers were what caused the high inflation and how policy should react. At the outset, many forecasters and analysts, including FOMC participants, viewed the sudden upturn in inflation as mostly a function of pandemic-related shifts in the composition of demand, a disruption of supply chains, and a sharp decline in labor supply. I'm adding, in other words, the team transitory playbook. 
Quoting again, the resulting supply and demand imbalances led to a large increase in the prices of a range of items mostly directly, most directly related to by the pandemic. Skipping that. In this view, as the pandemic abated, our dynamic and flexible economy was likely to adapt fairly quickly. Okay. And, okay. Then he goes on. Although monthly core PC spiked in March and April of 21, beginning in May, it declined for five consecutive months providing some support for this view. Uh, but in the fourth quarter of 21, the data clearly changed amid waves of new COVID variants with only gradual progress in restoring supply chains and relatively few workers rejoining the workforce. In other words, I'll stop quoting Powell now. In other words, we got it wrong. We got both uh, we we both got fooled by the second wave of COVID. Not sure why. I think because everyone was told when you took the vaccine, you would would not get COVID anymore. And it turned out that was wrong. You would get COVID. It would be less severe, but it did not go away. It turned out that was wrong. It turned out that fact meant that fewer people were going back to the labor force. And in terms of restoring global supply chains, that's a longer story, and that's worth that's worth us spending some time thinking about. But I want to take a break here. I'm a little late on my break because I want to also play for you something from the president, the GOP presidential primary debate on Wednesday. One of the candidates who takes the Fed to task for getting this wrong, and he says this the day after that candidate said it. We'll have that for you as well. Right after these messages, you're listening to the King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440. Don't get lost in the endless stream of misleading headlines. Turn to a leading source of conservative news. Townhall.com. Political cartoons. Thoughtful commentary. And an intelligent perspective on the day's headlines. Townhall.com. A division of Salem Media Group. This is an urgent announcement for anyone that's $10,000 or more in debt. Before you make another minimum payment, you need to know there are special programs that can completely free you of your debt. Total Financial Freedom can help you become debt-free in months instead of years. Resolve your credit card debt, signature loans, department store cards, internet loans, and timeshares. Call now at 800-533-6605 for a free consultation. For 16 years, Total Financial Freedom has helped thousands get out of debt. You can feel confident when calling because Total Financial Freedom is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and a Christian-owned company. Don't get stuck in the endless cycle of payments. You have the right to get your debt resolved and substantially reduce your monthly payments. Call Christian-owned Total Financial Freedom now at 800-533-6605. That's 800-533-6605. 800-533-6605. Dr. Gorka here, and I want to talk to you for a minute about 100% drug-free Relief Factor. I've been taking Relief Factor for years now to help me deal with pain in my body. My wife takes it as well. The reason we tell everyone uh, we know about it is simple. We found it really works to help our bodies fight off the inflammation that causes aches and pains. Whether it's the pain of injuries you've sustained or just the natural pains from the mileage over the years, Relief Factor can help. I've never looked back. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it works for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain 
Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. Feel the difference. Wally Langfellow and Eric Nelson from Minnesota Score Radio's 10,000 Takes, talking about Minnesota's 10,000 losing teams. Wild Wolves, Gophers, Twins, Vikings, you name it, we'll cover it. Will any team step up and give Minnesota's long-suffering fans something to cheer about? If they do, we'll tell you about it on 10,000 Takes. 10,000 Takes, weeknights at 5, here on the Biz 1440. Twin Cities Business Radio. What is dedication? I think a parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Welcome back. King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440. Uh, so I have done that. I have now t- tweeted out to you the graph that when he said the things that I read, he would have showed that graph, which was the monthly P- core PCE readings for 2021. I've also given you a link to the speech itself uh, from the Fed website so that you can see what he was doing. By the way, you, you may have seen video of... Um, you may have seen video of the of protesters uh, uh, protesting the Fed's um, statements regarding climate change. The Fed has basically said, "Yeah, we think climate change is a concern, but there's not there's not a role for monetary policy in this. So we're just go- we're we're just going to be watching from the from the sidelines on this one." And of course, no one's allowed. You're not allowed to be on the sidelines, according to most climate protesters. So. They showed up at the Fed speech, and they actually interrupted the speech for about seven or about six or seven minutes. Um, it is, um, I, I, I will say, um, I watched I watched the entire event. Um, there's a couple humorous points there where um, you find out that Jay Powell's a real person. <laughs> I think, uh, I think it's, uh, and, and I actually find that pretty uh, pretty useful. Uh, 651-289-4477, number to call with questions and comments. Um, so they got fooled. They said, they said, look, we had five months of data showing core PCE, the measure that we keep telling you we follow, dropping, dropping, dropping. Okay, and, and that graphic, um, you know, shows that between uh, May and, right, April, you had a rating of 0.6, then in May, 0.5, and then and then continuing to decline, uh, declines so that in September it only went up by two tenths percent, and then the monthly reading jumps up again in October, November, and December, and it's by that time that the Fed's like, okay, we really do have to do something. I actually at that have to look at that and say, okay, you ended up being wrong true but are you actually uh are you know was that you ended up being wrong and is but how much should happen to that i was i remark on this because i got i got uh tagged on a uh 
Twitter post from a, a good friend, fellow St. Clouder, uh, 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 Gary Gross, who, who's a blogger. Um, and um, he uh, was listening to the to the debate on Wednesday night. Uh, and I think I think I can actually say this because I think it's pretty evident from his blog uh, that um, that uh, he's a fan of uh, one of the candidates, uh, Governor DeSantis. Uh, and he thought DeSantis had done had a really great had a really great conversation about about the uh, about the, the economy and Bidenomics, and then had to talk about the Federal Reserve. So I'm like, oh, and, and included the Federal Reserve, and I'm like, and so he tags me. He says, "I bet King liked that," and I'm saying, "Well, let me go back and see what he said." So I, I doggone it. I had that all queued up to the right point. Now it's gone. Hang on. Take me just a second more to get there. Scrolling, 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 scrolling. Um, so let me go to DeSantis. All right, here we go. Um, he So he, t- he and I have to say, I watched, I watched this, cl- I watched this clip. I did not watch darn near any of the of the Republican National Committee's uh, debate on Wednesday night, except when Gary tells me I should watch this thing. I'm like, hey, okay, I'll go watch it. I'll go watch that piece. So I, I, I dug around for it, figured out where it was, and then queued it up. And and he talks about he talks about these change of prices. So compared to what I what I talked about regarding the University of Michigan survey on uh, from yesterday, two days earlier. Um, Governor DeSantis is saying, I've met people in Iowa, New Hampshire, all across the country, talked about all the burdens they're facing with the rising prices. I've heard from multiple people the same story. When they go grocery shopping, what they now do is they figure out how much they have to take out of the cart once it's ringing up because it rings up so much faster and so much higher at the cash register. Okay, and um, and then he says this, and I think this is the entirety of the second paragraph of his of his remarks and let's play this what is this cut number four what can you do on day one here's what i'm going to do i'm going to take all the executive orders the regulations everything involving bidenomics i'm going to rip it up i'm going to throw it in the trash can on day one where it belongs that is going to give the economy breathing room and i'm also going to rein in the federal reserve they have helped create uh, with their reckless monetary policy, what we have faced since the COVID-19 pandemic. They botched it. Congress botched it. Both parties are to blame. Fed should focus on stable prices. They are not an economic central planner for the American people. So I, that's an interesting contrast for me to what Paul, what Jay Powell says the next day at the IMF, which is... You know, we got it wrong. We got, you know, he's used that phrase. I mean, I, I tell you what, let's play it one more time. This was Jay Powell on uh, on Thursday at the IMF. Let's play again. Cut number five. Cut five. Okay. All right, then let's we can take a break. We could take a break from that then. And let's just so what Powell says is, hey, we've been fooled by head fakes before. And 
And then he actually cites the head fake. The head fake was the middle of 2021. We got five good months. And if you think about it, it's only two and a half years later. People, little by little, started coming back to work because they started to, they they received vaccines that. Remember, the vaccine did two things. One, it gave you protection, supposedly, from contracting COVID. Okay, so let's play it again. This is cut five. Uh, uh, Jay Powell at the IMF Thursday. Of course, that remains to be seen, and we are attentive to the risk that stronger growth could undermine further progress in restoring balance to the labor market and in bringing inflation down, which could warrant a response from monetary policy. The FOMC is committed to achieving a stance of monetary policy that is sufficiently restrictive to bring inflation down to 2% over time. We are not confident that we've achieved such a stance. We know that ongoing progress toward our 2% goal is not assured. Inflation has given us a few head fakes along the way. The head fakes line and the and the we're not sure we're not confident. Um, I heard a lot of criticism of that particular those particular two sentences from uh, financial market observers uh, over the rest of the day and into 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 Friday as well. And here's uh, a major presidential candidate. Okay, not the favorite to win his party's nomination, but a plausible um but but a plausible uh, candidate, uh, certainly. I think I think we've reached the point where it's safe to say there are only three plausible candidates on the Republican side, and I don't think there's any other plausible candidate on the on the uh, on the Democrat side other than the incumbent at this point. Um, just as a matter of observation, it's not a matter of my personal preferences. Um, the, the but the comment that they botched it. I think is true. They did. The Fed has said we got head faked by what happened in the middle of 2021. And, you know, I can there are lots of people that want to lay a lot of blame on a lot of different folks. Um, Certainly, uh, certainly Dr. Fauci ends up taking a, a, a fair share of it. But but did we actually know that 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 this rapidly developed vaccine was going to was going to not lead to us not having uh, infections going forward. I don't know. We, I mean, there was discussion of mutations in twenty one. I think mutations that might evade, get around the vaccine. Maybe this because this is a this was an entirely new type of vaccine that had been developed. Um, there was a lot of uncertainty about that, but three to four months, sure. But here's the point: if if I would have, so what I told uh, the people in in my friend's conversation was, I would have liked to have heard more, because botch is 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 a strong word, but not unfair. But when they say they're not an economic central planner, like this is the guy that just got protested by climate climate activists. This is not this person is just getting up and saying, hey, I got we we got fooled by five months of good in, good inflation data. And this gets back to the point I was trying to make it, it, in the last segment when I'm trying to evaluate how much. How much is happening, if I become data dependent, I get caught doing what happened to the Fed, their mistake, their botch 
to use Governor DeSantis's term, was to allow a few bits of data over a very noisy period of time to get in the way of an analysis that was being offered at the same time by folks like Larry Summers, like Mohammed El Arian, who were saying, you cannot print that much money, you cannot inject that much fiscal stimulus without having a bout of inflation. And waiting for the inflation to actually show up is a mistake. That's the mistake they made. I would have liked to have heard DeSantis to say that because then I'd have been more inclined to say, yeah, I think you've got that basically right. Now, I will say in the next breath, I don't think, I don't think, uh, I'm, I'm not happy about reining in the Federal Reserve. Reining in the Federal Reserve is something that's been done for decades. It's a tried and true tradition. tradition. First you beat them up, then you pass some law that changes their powers in some way. And in every time we've done this, I would say monetary policy has gotten worse, not better. I would love to hear what kind of reining in the governor would like to do. I haven't heard that yet, but who knows? Maybe we'll get to hear it. Maybe we won't. Maybe it doesn't matter because he's not going to be a viable candidate three months from now. Who knows? Right. But I did think it was interesting because I have to say, it is the rare day, it's the rare presidential debate where I hear a debate about the Federal Reserve. And it wasn't a debate, it was just one guy making a remark. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz, 1440. Everything is expensive right now. Gas, food, you name it. You're spending more, you're making the same or less money. So, what do you do? You rack up credit card debt, that's what you do. It's not your fault, it's the economy. And guess what? If you rack up too much credit card debt like some of us, you can't pay your bills. Then the credit card companies, as nice as they are, start hounding you for money. Then you start your downward spiral. A smart thing for you to do is to call the Zero Debt. They can help you consolidate all your credit card bills into one affordable payment. Millions of people have done it. It works to make you debt-free. Make this free call right now. It costs you nothing to learn more. 800-620-4610. That's 800-620-4610. Raising a family can be tough, but sometimes you just gotta laugh. Teenagers. But I believe, personally, teenagers are God's revenge on mankind. In order to provide some levity in the midst of life's chaos, AM980 The Mission is hosting comedian Jeff Allen on November 16th at Celebration Church in Lakeville. One day God was looking down over his creation and just said, let's see how they like it to create someone of their own image who denies their existence. Jeff's stories are hysterical and his testimony is deeply inspiring. Don't miss your chance to see Jeff in person. I have read the Bible more than once, cover to cover, and it never says how old the devil was when he rejected God's authority. My guess, 16. Comedy Night is sponsored by Mathnasium, the math learning center. Visit am980themission.com to buy tickets today and save up to $10 per ticket. Devil got his driver's license and drove to Georgia. That's all I know. What is your healing power? 
Maybe your healing power is helping veterans with PTSD, traumatic brain injuries, depression, anxiety, or loneliness. Is your healing power a simple heartfelt letter or being a volunteer? It is estimated that over a half a million current warfighters will return from service diagnosed with PTSD and 22 veterans will commit suicide every day. Our veterans have paid the ultimate sacrifice for our country. At HealVets.org, you can find out more about the healing power of pen pals, volunteers, therapy kits, and more. Discover your healing power at HealVets.org. Help Heal Veterans, together with you, has been helping one recovering veteran at a time. We are helping veterans heal together. What is your healing power? To find out about your power, visit HealVets.org. This PSA is sponsored by Help Heal Veterans. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, The Biz 1440. As you might tell, when I don't have a lot of data to talk about in the week, next week I've got all the inflation data, so we'll, we'll be pretty inflation-focused uh, next week. We're not so much this week. But uh, this week I've got been, – been, it's been much more of a potpourri of, of topics, um, but uh, also helped. I'm still trying to track this ICBC uh, hack and trying to fit trying, – uh, cyber attack and, and uh, see what further consequences are. My guess is we won't hear another – we won't hear anything more until till Sunday night, and then then maybe we'll hear we'll hear something. And I, I it'll, it will be very interesting to know if uh, maybe that particular branch um, has to be temporarily closed or disconnected from uh, the Treasury market. And I forgot to look up uh, look up this question uh, uh, to see who the primary dealers are. We'll, 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 I'll get that to you at the next, at the next step. Uh, but uh, if I look at the, I'm pulling up that list now, um, and um, is ICBC is not on that list. I'm just looking at it now, um, and uh, so the the ones that are, but bank, but uh, uh, BNY is also not on that list. So so. The, the fact of the matter is uh, whatever happened between BNY and ICBC probably would have had implications for the primary dealers as well. Um, so I will let me um, I, I'll set that aside and maybe if I can find something there during the next break, I'll stop that. I'll, I'll bring that back again. But I did want to answer a question from one of our listeners and now it's disappeared on me. Let me go pull that back. Um, asking about uh, the Lynn asked uh, on using Twitter, um, using the hashtag pound KBRS, is it the individual a microeconomist? The economy is based on what a lot of individuals want to consume. Their feelings seem to be incredibly important. Feelings aren't always rational. So I learned a very important lesson from uh, my dissertation advisor and lifetime mentor, uh, uh, Professor Tom Willett from Claremont. Uh, many, okay, learned this when I was in graduate school from him, when I think even before I had sat for my qualifying exams for the doctorate, um, where where he had written a paper 
that I that was fu- was kind of fundamental to the way I think about the world, which is which I mentioned in the sense of talking about the wisdom of crowds, um, the book by James Surowiecki, and 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 there are other books along along this line. Okay, there are some belief, beliefs that there are mass delusions, like tulip mania, uh, and 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 so forth, and there and there certainly can be. Psychology plays a significant role, but. By and large, one of the points that Tom drilled into me as as a as a young as a young economist coming up from uh, from my uh, college education into my professional education was that markets serve a function of markets serve a function of aggregating information in a certain way. Everyone bringing disparate packets of information into the marketplace. It's, it's. If you've never heard me say this before, one of the top three papers written in economics in the 20th century is a six-page piece by Friedrich von Hayek called called the Uses of Knowledge in in Society. It was written in 1946, 45. Okay, in in the 40s in the American Economic Review. It is a fundamental paper to sort of to say there is a dispersion of information around an economy where where it, something that's important for us to know lies with only certain people and without and, and other people need to find a way to know it. There are multiple ways to aggregate up information. One of them is a survey. You can do surveys. And if you average them up, Folks like Sirwecki said, say, you know, that aggregation is going to end up with something that's going to be, that's going to be close to what the what the actual number is. And one of the points made in that research is it doesn't actually matter if each individual coming to that thinks about things rationally or not. You don't necessarily need to have a screen to throw out the crazy people. Okay. Um, what what I learned from Hayek, and and a piece that that uh, uh, Professor Willett got me to read, um, was that the market actually encourages individuals to bring that information to place by giving you the opportunity to make money off that individual knowledge that you have to share, and that was something that that's something that is missing frequently in a more socialized society where government's trying to control prices. It suppresses individuals from bringing that information forward. When we see someone who makes an enormous amount of money on some trade, many people will say, well, that's just speculation. That person shouldn't be allowed to keep that. We should tax that money away. But if you do that, the information that allowed that correct speculation to come into place is also lost, and its dispersion through the rest of society is important. So, Lynn, here's my here's my point: whether or not people are rational, if you have mechanisms in place to bring that information together and average out all of that information, average that out, you end up getting pretty close to what that rational actor is. And frankly, the thing that's better than a survey is markets. Markets get get information out sooner, 
And why? Because the market gives you a chance to make money off your specific knowledge. Now you don't have to read the six-page paper by Hayek. I just kind of told you what it is. Okay, but you should read it anyway. You should be you should be knowledgeable about the use of knowledge in society. Of the, the Friedrich Hayek paper, I might I might tweet it out to you because you can get it. It's a it's open. You just Google it. Hayek use of knowledge use knowledge society. It'll pop right up. Okay, six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. The number to call with questions and comments. Uh, here, you know what? I'm going to take a break here. I got one more little thing I wanted to talk about. It might take me more than the usual short segment, so I'm going to buy myself an air minute. We'll be back after this. King Banyan Show, The Biz, 1440. What is dedication? I am the father of a nine year old little girl and a six year old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much from the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night and every moment in between. It really is so special and boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think a parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Are you tired of going online every day and getting news meant to make you afraid and anxious? And all that meaningless celebrity gossip fighting for your attention? Want something different? Something positive? Make your homepage Christianity.com. Replace the bad news and fake news with the good news. The life-changing gospel truth meant to encourage your daily walk with Christ. With daily devotionals, answers to life's tough questions, and meaningful Bible study from your favorite pastors and authors on today's current events and issues, you now have a homepage that reflects your life and your faith. Don't settle for the negativity and superficiality that the rest of the Internet offers. Instead, choose a homepage that will uplift you and strengthen your faith. Join the thousands of others who have made the switch to Christianity.com and experience the difference that good news can make in your life. Don't wait any longer to make a change. Choose Christianity.com as your homepage today and embrace the positivity and inspiration that comes with the good news of Jesus Christ. Did you know that there's one place you can go to hear God's words of hope spoken into your life anytime, anywhere? Oneplace.com Listen to your favorite Christian programs, read daily devotionals, and get answers to your tough questions all at Oneplace.com or on the Oneplace app in the Apple and Android app stores. Visit Oneplace.com today. The Ramsey Show. I don't have credit card debt. I don't have student loan debt. I don't have car payments. I'm under control and I got a pile of money. You know what would happen? The economy would collapse. No, it wouldn't. The economy would boom. Weekdays from 1 to 4 p.m. Live on the Biz 1440. 
The Ramsey Show. I plan to keep my previous primary residence. I wouldn't keep that other house. You're in debt up your eyeballs, man. And you went to a brokerage account for a down payment. You're curling the two hairs I have left. Weekdays from 1 to 4 p.m. Live on the Biz 1440. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, The Biz 1440. Final segment therein. Uh, and, and as such, I always have, have to get one more, one more point through. I was uh, joking. Uh, you've heard free, several times on the show uh, John Phelan uh, from the Center of the American Experiment. He is uh, eco- an economist for them. They have a, they have a couple of economists. They used, they used to have me as an occasional uh, pitch hit uh, guest economist, but they now have two on staff. So I, I kind of feel like I helped get the center primed for having uh, real live economists fully uh, working for them. So I, that that makes me feel good. John's a great one. Uh, and um, he now has a Substack, which I would encourage you to subscribe to if you're a Substack user. And if you're not a Substack user, you should be. It's really a useful platform. Um, and and so John uh, John highlights a new piece where there's a new bill been put out by by Senator Josh Hawley, Republican of Missouri, uh, which would set a legal cap on the interest rate that credit card companies can charge their consumers, meaning they can't charge more than eighteen percent. As as uh, John correctly notes, this is a, this is a price cap, a price ceiling on credit. Um, here's, here's the thing, right? And so this ties to my previous piece and I didn't know that Lynn was going to send that tweet, but it just kind of fit perfectly with the point I'm trying to make. Markets are, markets are primed to find ways to encourage additional specialization and exchange. That is what they are in, in, to, uh, try to do in a way that is sustainable, repeatable, right? So this thing that's happening happening out there between uh, between ICBC and, and 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 the ransomware attack from Lockbit and, and all that, the long run damage that does is that it interrupts. People will become less trustful of each other. And so there's less trade happening in treasury securities. That means there's less liquidity available in banks, which means there's less liquidity available to non-banks that need that liquidity in order to, to produce and trade. That, that's the, that's the, prob- the problem that results from having cyber attacks on big banks in, in, in Manhattan. The problem with... The problem that happens with um, with credit card caps is that it discourages folks with okay. It keeps folks with with low credit scores from from having access to credit. You might say, "Well, they're bad. They're bad borrowers. They're bad. They're bad people. They they can't. So they shouldn't have credit." But credit scores are not perfect. And people are, you know, and 
there are folks in business to try to figure out of the various people who have a credit score in the 600s, which of them actually are likely to pay you back anyway and which are not. The ones who are not deserve low credit scores and deserve to be cut off from credit, not because they have low credit scores, but because they don't pay you back. Who is in the best position to figure out who will pay you back and who won't? That would be the people that want to do the lending. But the issue here is for them to do that takes a significant amount of work. And to be able to make a return on that, and because they will make mistakes in trying to figure out who should have credit and who shouldn't have credit, they actually charge a premium to cover the fact, cover their mistakes, right? They will charge a little bit extra so that the ones who do pay back are paying a little bit extra because the difference is it's not like, well, if I charge you 15%, people are going to go, yeah, that's fine. They're not going to do it. As John, as John points out, uh, uh, Payday America has already stopped, you know, has already stopped uh, selling, um, stopped uh, uh, offering loans. Uh, this past spring because uh, we now have in this state you've capped payday loans so payday loans of course your ability to take to go out and say i have a job i get paid on friday can i borrow money from you today on tuesday because i've got things i have to pay that i'd like to pay out of that friday paycheck okay we will do that we're going to charge you a little fee for that Here's the little fee. That little fee will add up. If you keep borrowing the money from payday every 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 payday, you will end up paying more than a third of your paycheck to, to Payday America. Yeah, that sounds harsh. It sounds bad. But the question is, what happens if they don't have access to credit? Do they lose their apartments? Do you put do you put a single parent and and, and the children out in the street? Do they have to give up their car, which means they no longer can have their job because they they can't get to work because the bus doesn't doesn't run by their place of work? That those are the issues that come. You know, this is this isn't real. And, you know, you may look at it as like, okay, so when I teach economics, I always tell people you have to think about the then what happens piece. This. This type of of cap on credit cards is being proposed not by AOC, who has done it in the past, not by Elizabeth Warren, who has done it in the past. No, this is being proposed by a fellow who refers to himself as a national conservative. And I know I've listened on the 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 news the news talks uh, uh, stations of the Salem Network, and I've heard Senator Hawley. And this is, I have to say, a blindingly stupid ancient idea. How ancient is it? Caps on interest payments go back to the Middle Ages. They were banned by the church through something called usury laws. All the way back in, by, by, by the Pope back around the 11th century. And the first person to actually write about the negative impact of usury laws 
was St. Thomas Aquinas. You actually can go back, again, you can go back 900 years and find writings that tell you this is a bad idea. You can't collect interest at all. Now, markets will find ways to get around. Markets will find ways to get around uh, uh, usury laws, okay, either by finding a group that doesn't have to follow them if it's a religious practice, or by by finding by finding another way to to hide the hide the interest in another way, which is some of the practices that fall under the the, the uh, category of Islamic banking. But to have, when governments propose this, they are again actually harming not the payday lender or the credit card company, but they're harming individuals and cutting off their access to credit, their ability to build a credit record such that they can actually re-enter the market more like where, where, where a majority of Americans are. I understand the impulse. It's an extremely old impulse that Senator Hawley is engaged in. It's, it's a thousand years, more than a thousand years old impulse. But it was a bad idea then, and it's a bad idea now. Okay, and, and take, take, cutting people off from credit is a way to keep them poor. And that's what it does. Well, thank you so much for listening today. A little, little bit all over the map in terms of topic areas, but hopefully you learned something from us. Thanks for the questions on Twitter. Thank you, Spencer, for your work as well. And we'll be back here next week. Next week is going to be Inflation Saturday here on the King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. Get ready for an unforgettable night of laughter with hilarious comedian Jeff Allen. I married a tough one. Tammy's a tough woman. First thing she did when we got married was take my spine away from me. She keeps it in her purse. Don't miss your chance to see Jeff Allen's Are We There Yet comedy tour. Three o'clock in the morning. I heard a noise. Here's your spine. Go down and see what it was. Comedian Jeff Allen will be in town on Thursday, November 16th, and you can save up to $10 per ticket. Just visit TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Dr. Gorka here, and I want to talk to you for a minute about the 100% drug-free relief factor. We all deal with aches and pains in our day-to-day lives, and I have had my fair share, including injuries like a detached quad muscle that, I can tell you, fell into the category of really bad pain. But I've been able to manage the pain by taking relief factor. It helps your own body to attack and fight off sources of inflammation, the source of most of our aches and pains, and I've loved it for years. Is now. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick starter pack for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. China is attacking the U.S. patent system, stealing American innovations, and we are helping them do it. The Chinese Communist Party intends to surpass us and to be the world leader in innovative technology. Innovation Race, the shocking new movie from the Tea Party Patriots, exposes the truth. China will use our own technology to threaten our economic and military security. Dominating technology means you dominate the world itself. 
This is a race that we cannot afford to lose because we're not going to have a country. If China gains control over 5G technology with a flip of a switch, they could remotely turn off our phones, our cars, even our power grid. We've lost sight of what it is to protect this nation. We need to up our game. In today's high-tech world, there's no prize for second place. Watch Innovation Race. Available now on demand or DVD at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Experiencing an injury or illness? Wondering if you'll be able to keep your job or when you can return to work? The Minnesota Retain program may be able to help. Participants may qualify for free support from experts who can guide you through the next steps to get you back to work quickly and safely. Visit mnretain.com or call 507-284-4537 to learn more. Minnesota Retain is fully funded under a grant awarded by the U.S. Department of Labor and the Social Security Administration. This message is brought to you by Minnesota Retain, this station, and the Minnesota Broadcasters Association. When the markets are down, three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.